Going from only if to even if. Going from only if to even if. And we're going to look at this passage. It's one of my favorite passages in the Bible about these three Hebrew boys. Anybody heard the story? The three Hebrew children? Amen. Thrown into a fiery furnace. Like this ain't a story y'all don't know. So y'all should really go ahead and be leaned in because you know it. You're like, all right, here we go. I know this story. I'm ready to learn about it. So here we go. Daniel chapter 3. And y'all may like this, you may not. I'm going to read the entire chapter today. The whole chapter. Some of you are like, I ain't, that's too much Bible. I'm sorry. I'm just going to read it anyways, okay? Whole chapter. And I'm going to read the whole story, and i, I got to stand up because I, I love this story. Listen to this. Chapter 3, verse 1 says, King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold, whose height was 60 cubits, and its breadth was 6 cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then King Nebuchadnezzar sent to gather the satraps, the prefects, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, and the justices, and the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And I'm going to skip some of this because it's repetitive. And then all those people came and gathered for the dedication of the image that the King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And the herald proclaimed aloud, You are commanded, O people, nations and languages, that when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, you are to fall down and worship the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately, everybody say immediately. Hey, whoa. Be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, as soon as all, as soon as all the peoples heard the sound of the hornpipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, all the peoples, nations, and languages fell down. Now that would have been, that's understandable. If the king of someone said, hey, we're going to do this, And if you don't do this, we're going to throw you in a fiery pit. The only logic thing to do is to, when you hear the noise, do what you're asked to do. Because nobody wants to be thrown into a fiery pit. That's not a good day for anybody. And so when I read that, I was like, that makes sense. Because I don't know. Here's what I wonder in this world that we live in today. How many of us would have stood up to this? How many of us would have failed as soon as the soon as the music soon as the music came on? I would be willing to wager, and this isn't to offend anybody. I'm talking about me. I'd be willing to wager. Ninety percent of us would be like, "All right, I'm going down." Now, when I get home, I'll pray away from everybody, but in front of everybody, I ain't getting thrown in no fiery pit. Live to fight another day, right? That's our that's our motto, right? Live to fight another day. Let's just let's just go down, and when we go home, I'll ask for forgiveness, right? How do I know that? Why am I sure of that? Because I can't tell you how many times on a Sunday morning I was just tired, had a headache, that I was like, "Mm, I ain't going to church today. It's too hard. Too much effort. I've worked all day on a Wednesday. I don't want to go to church tonight. I'm tired. Now, some of this is going to come off harsh, but there's a reality that we need to understand. If we can't make it through simple, what can I say, uncomfortable things, inconvenient things for the Lord, then when we read of this text, we're not going to be the three Hebrew boys. Like when, when we read through this text, we love to pencil ourselves in as the three Hebrew boys. But in all reality, with the way that we fall, 
the way that we kind of cave to any kind of pressure, whether you're at work and you have some people over here making fun of someone and you just kind of, you don't want to say anything because you don't want to be, you know, the oddball out. So you just kind of, you don't say anything mean, but you don't say anything either. Hey guys, that's not right. Let's don't do that. When the, ball, when, the, when the employees are around saying, man, let's just lay around and do nothing. Boss ain't down here to watch us. Boss ain't here to watch us. We'll just do nothing. Oh, well, I don't want to be the only weirdo working, making them feel bad about being lazy. <laughs> you know what's weird? Is that the church has gotten to the point that they're more, they're more um, hesitant to talk about holiness. They're more uncomfortable talking about holiness than they are talking about sinfulness. Like we get, we get awkward when we try to start, start talking about being holy, be different. God called you to be a separated people, not to act like everybody else. Come out from among the world and be separate, says the Lord. Like that makes people uncomfortable. Don't tell us that. Tell us how we can have Jesus and still be like everybody else. Tell us how we can still serve Yahweh and still bow to the idols that the world puts in front of us. Tell us how we can still have the blessings of God and bow at every worldly idol in the world. Like, tell us how we can do that because that's my goal. That's my goal in life, to be seen by the church world as super religious and then be seen as all these worldly people as someone who's accepting. Non-offensive. These Hebrew boys, if they like, they would offend everybody today. They, 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 the way that they stood here in just a minute would offend even me sometimes. Like, well, don't tell those people where they're wrong. You're going to run them away. If you don't tell them where they're wrong, they're just going to keep going and being wrong, and they're going to lead themselves away. At some point, you got to stand. At some point, you actually have to stand. Do y'all realize that today? At some point, the church, the people who follow Christ, actually have to draw a line in the sand and say, I won't cross that line, and I'll stay right here regardless of what happens. That's what I'm called to do. Got a couple of y'all. Thank you, Sister Ruth. We'll get to a point to where everybody will be clapping in a minute, so I'm all right with that. So here we go. Listen to this. Listen to this. As soon as they heard all the music, everyone, all the nations, the peoples, the languages fell down and worshiped the golden image. Now here's where it gets fun. Here's where I love this story. Therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans, certain Chaldeans, how many knows that there are certain people in your life who are real quick to point out things about you? Anybody got certain people in your life? You know what I mean? You got those certain folks that are always there to kind of tell everybody else about your stuff and run around to the, run around to the, the higher-ups. Oh, you wouldn't believe what they're doing. You would not believe it. I mean, you got those certain folks. Now, maybe if you don't have those certain folks, here's a, maybe a little bit of a gut check. Maybe you are that certain folk. I'm not saying you are. But you know what I mean? You see that person, you're like, ooh, I can't wait to tell so-and-so. You're not going to believe this. You are not going to believe this, what I just seen. Right? So there were certain folk, and I think the, I think the Lord kind of strategically places those people around you because those people are the kind of people keep you, keep you, keep you safe. They'll keep you in the right place. Like, if you know everybody watching you, you act a little different, right? You act a little different when everyone else is, oh, I know those two are always watching me right now. You know what helps me stay good sometimes? I ain't saying I always stay good. Let me be real with y'all. 
But what helps me stay good when I am good is knowing I got three people at my house that are always watching what daddy's doing and what the husband's doing. Like, like that is the, that, that, that sometimes is the only reason I stay straight. Because sometimes I convince myself that Jesus ain't watching. Oh, no, y'all don't do that, do y'all? Y'all always know Jesus is watching. But there are some times that old Danny boy is like, I don't know if he sees me right now. You know, so instead of getting up and praying and reading, I'm just going to sleep right on through this. You know, uh, maybe, maybe he ain't watching me right now. I can get really upset with my children and act out of anger, and, and everything's okay because no one else will see me. But how many knows there's always certain people? And if they ain't the ones watching, let me tell you, there is somebody always watching. Someone's always watching. So there's, therefore, at that time, there were certain Chaldeans came forward and maliciously accused the Jews. I, I don't know why I want to say this real fast. Talking about these certain people. Church people got to stop being certain people. I don't know if y'all got that. Did y'all follow what I was saying right there? Church people have to stop being certain people. This certain people. You know, the people who are quick to go to other people. You know what I mean? The people who are quick to maliciously accuse you. There's a difference in someone, us as the church, humbly, graciously, out of a spirit of unity, coming to someone to hold them accountable for things that they may or may not be doing. That is totally different than being a certain kind of person who is always out maliciously trying to accuse your brother so that maybe the attention on your life will be deflected enough that no one's paying attention to what you're doing. Be careful that you don't go around trying to pull little specks out of your brother's eye while you got beams hanging out of yours and you just like, hey, if I point out that speck, ain't nobody gonna see this log hanging out over here. If you'll get the log out your eye, the the truth of it is, you get the log out your eye, you may see the other people differently. You get the log out your own eye, it may change the way you see other people. Because right now you're looking through pain, the pain and discomfort of your own sin. And now you're looking at other people like they are the sin. They're the problem. No, the problem is your heart. Get your heart right, get that thing out your eye, and you'll see people different, you'll love people differently. Amen? Church people got to stop being this kind of certain people. That was an end here. I was just letting y'all have that one just for fun. Y'all take that however you want. Maliciously accused the Jews. They declared, O King Nebuchadnezzar, O King, live forever. They really trying to butter him up. You know what I mean? They went to the king. We got to make flatter him so that when we say what we're going to say, He'll go for him. He said, you, O king, have made the decree that every man who hears the sound of all this music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into a fiery furnace. Now, there are certain Jews. Now, here's where we need to be. We should be this kind of certain people. There are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. So they brought these men before the king. Verse 14, Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true? 
O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up. How many knows the enemy will always give you another opportunity to do the wrong thing? Don't think just because you stand once that that's going to be it. Sometimes, if not all the time, it'll be a repeat test. You'll do good the first time. But how many knows that sometimes the enemy doesn't just test your immediate strength, he tests your endurance. Can you keep saying no? All of us in here in this room have had that thing to where at one time we say no and we feel good and it's like, yes, I passed the test. And then tomorrow it comes again and you're like, no, no, not going to do it today either. And we feel good. And then the third day it comes and we're asked to do the same thing and we're like, okay, okay. You know that time when you, you may have just bypassed that website, didn't click on that article? Feel good. Then the next thing you know, you open your browser back up the next day, there it is again. Open up Facebook, there's an image again. And every day the enemy's putting something in front of you saying, hey, you didn't yesterday, but will you now? I'm going to give you another opportunity to mess it up. I'm going to give you one more chance to say yes to my way. I'm going to give you another chance to bow to this idol. And it's your job, it's our job to remain in the right position that we can stay faithful to our immediate decision, which was no. I don't want to do that. You know that person that makes you mad? Let's put it to you this way. You got that spouse that keeps doing that thing over and over again that makes you angry and you feel good because that one day you don't get mad at them. Like, I just let that go. Look at me being spiritual. You know, I didn't even say anything to them this time. They don't know how much I love them. They don't realize how the Lord's working on me. I'm just a building. (laughs) And he's working on me. Like, yeah, Jesus. You walk around, you feel good. The next day, he does it again. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, <laughs> now you let it be known to him. <laughs> I love you. I love you. I love you. I ain't going to say it. I'm not going to say it. The next day, he does it again. And I don't know what it is. Maybe he just didn't do the thing that you thought he should do. Maybe you just got real particular ways you like things, and he just doesn't do it. Maybe you're like me, and I leave a bunch of stuff on the side of my bed. You know, can I give, be a little transparent with you? All right, I got this bad habit of eating in the middle of the night. I just get up and eat in the middle of the night. I don't know why. It's like 3.30 comes every morning. At 3.30, I'm up. But I've gotten real good. I've gotten real good at this, right? I've made it easy for myself. I put my snacks by my bed, <laughs> you know, you know, and at 3.30, my wife's here is just the crumbling of bags. And like, I ate an entire bag of donuts the other night. Like, I, it was bad. I just woke up, I was hungry and I just ate it all, but I didn't take and throw my trash away. I left it beside my bed. Yeah, 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 it happens. Yeah, this guy, I know you wouldn't think I would do something wrong like that. I just don't look like that guy, do I? I look like the guy who does everything the right way, right? No, no. And for a few days, my wife didn't say nothing. Didn't say a word. She cleaned the whole house. First couple times, she even cleaned my side of the bed. I come home the other day. She goes, honey, look at the house. I said, baby. This house looks fire. Great job. She goes, yep, I cleaned everything. I ain't sat down all day. I cleaned everything. But one thing I left for you. 
I said, it's the kitty litter box, ain't it? Because that's usually what I do. You know, I, I, I do man stuff. I take the trash out and I clean the kitty litter box out. All right? That's my man work. That's what I do. I know some of y'all are like, dude, that's awesome. I know. I serve my family. Right? I serve my family. Right? That's what I live for. So I do the kitty litter box, take trash out. So I said, it's kitty litter box, ain't it? She said, nope. I was like, wait a minute. What else? I don't know. What else you got? She goes, I didn't touch all your trash on the side of the bed. (laughs) I was like, oh, (laughs) because she had already asked me a few times to clean it up. A few times. Because it started with just a little bag of donuts. Now it's like a bag of donuts, a bottle of Sunny D, a box of cookies. I mean, a bag of Butterfingers that are empty. All of it's empty. All right? All of it's empty. I eat in the middle of the night. I just didn't take it out. And I get onto my kids. I'll go into their bedroom. Poof. Take the trash out of this room. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I do it all the time. Kick the door open. Jackson, put the PlayStation down. Get the trash. Get it out of the room right now or you're getting a spanking. I don't ever spank him, but I threaten him. You know what I mean? Some of y'all, you know, some of y'all like whip him. Poof. Maybe I will one day. I don't know. And my wife hears me do all that to my kids. And then I, nope, all my side of the bed, just out, just a bunch of trash. And she did real good for about three days to not say anything to me. But how many knows? I gave her one more opportunity. <laughs> I'm real good like that. I'm always going to give her another chance, you know? Always going to give her another chance. And she spoke up. And that's what the enemy, I'm not trying to say I'm the enemy. I'm not your enemy, honey. I, I'm going to start picking up, I promise. All right, we're just going to move on. This is, the disrespect is extremely much. I won't take this next week. Next week on Pastor Appreciation Day, I won't accept this. All right? This is a no-go next week. All right? This week, I'll humbly accept it. Okay? But the enemy will always give you another chance to act out of anger or to say something or to do something. And it's your time. It's your problem. It's your responsibility to stay committed to the first response of no. But the king says, hey, I'm going to give you another chance. Is it true, O Shadrach and Abednego, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve the gods or worship the golden image that I've set up? Now, if you're right, he didn't give them a chance to respond, did he? He didn't give them a chance to respond. They didn't say nothing back to him. He's like, all right, I know it's true. But now, if you're ready... When you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music to fall down and worship that image that I have made, well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into the fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? I love that question. I love that question. Because it just reaffirms in me that the enemy really doesn't understand who he's messing with. The enemy doesn't really grasp what God is capable of. In the middle of his reign, he thinks, I still got the power. And that, listen, it's, it's about to be flipped on his head. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, see, that he didn't even, they didn't even let him. See, they, he didn't let them answer. The three Hebrew boys didn't let him even start playing the music. Listen to this. He said, now when you hear it, bow down. If not, go throw you. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. I love how firm they are right there. They didn't say, oh, king, please, if you allow us to explain to you. 
that if you would please let us not do this because, no, they said, I don't, we don't even have a need to talk to you about this. You, we don't, you're not even worth our explanation. But hey, we're not even going to be concerned. I'm going to give you the truth of the matter. Listen to what he says. If this be so, if this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. Can I, keep, can I read the rest of the story? But even if, but even if he does not, if he doesn't come through like we said he can, if he doesn't show up and get us out of the fire, if he doesn't deliver me from my financial troubles, if he doesn't heal my body, if he doesn't cause everything to get right, if he doesn't, I don't mind. Even if he doesn't, let it be known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have said. Hey, I told you what he can do. But even if he doesn't do it, we ain't bowing because our faith in him is not dependent on the results of whether or not he shows up, but on the fact we know he can. Somebody give God some praise for the fact that he can. I'm going to pause the sermon for just a second just so I can give and approval, and, and, and some freedom here. At any point during the entire sermon, if you want to clap, if you want to shout, if you want to give God a round of applause, if you want to let it be known that you agree, by golly, open your mouth, raise your hands, clap your hands, let God know that you agree with him. Let God know that you don't only hear it, but you believe what he's saying. Because I ain't going to just be quiet anymore. I ain't just going to sit in my seat anymore. When I hear the word of God come forth, and it comes forth with truth and power and the, the ability to to save souls, I'm going to shout and let the world know I agree with that word. That word's good. That's a good word. That's, that's a good word, even if he doesn't. See, here's the thing. I thought about this the other day. How many believe God can heal? Wow. See, that's a pretty easy question in a bunch of a group of people that loves the Lord. And only about 33 people raise their hand. I'm going to ask again. How many in here believe God can heal? See? See, I, I throw y'all softballs and y'all still like, I don't know if I should raise my hand. Raise your hand. It's good for you. It'll make you feel better. Make you feel alive, right? So how many knows and believes God can heal? Amen. So here's, here's my question. Here's my question. Here's my question. Or here's my statement to you. I'm going to keep preaching healing even if no one else gets healed. We could all die of cancer tomorrow. Now, I don't think we all will, but even if we did, I ain't going to stop preaching that God can heal people because my faith in him is not only if he heals me. My faith in him isn't only if he moves. My faith in him isn't only if God shows up. My faith in him isn't only if he walks me through the fire. My faith in him isn't only if he saves my kids. My, my faith in him isn't only if he gives me the job. My faith in him isn't only if he heals my body. My faith in him isn't only if he comes through. My faith is, even if he doesn't, I know who he is. 
We got to go from only if Christians to even if Christians. Even if he doesn't, I know he's faithful. Even if he don't, I know he's good because it doesn't change. His character does not change based on the result of whether he shows up or not. He is always good. He is always faithful. He is always father. He is always kind and gracious and merciful. Even if, EJ, even if. Even if I wake up feeling bad, I'm going to make my way to the church. Now, I'll go to church tomorrow only if I get a real good night's sleep. Some of you are like, why are you talking about going to church? You ain't got to go to church to be saved. But I'm here to tell you right now, going to church and being around God's people will help you stay saved. It'll help you stay committed. It'll help you stay in community. It'll help you stay faithful. They'll teach you some things. They'll hold you. They'll correct you. And they'll encourage you. So don't think just because it ain't based on your salvation that you don't need it. So, so. So I'll go only if my kids don't cause me problems in the morning. I got a 12-year-old and a a soon-to-be and and an 8-year-old. Ain't never been a Sunday morning that I wake up and they're just standing by the door. Daddy, I'm ready to go to church this morning. (laughs) Daddy, God woke me up and I got my Sunday best on and we're just ready to go. You need me to make you coffee? You need me to get you breakfast? I'll do it, Daddy, just so you can go ahead and get ready and have a wonderful morning. Anybody have one of them? Anybody got those kids? (laughs) If you do, I'm going to swap mine for yours for a little bit (laughs) because that's amazing. Only if. Only if I ain't had to work overtime because God knows I need my day off. No, God knows you need him. Oh, come on, somebody. God ain't up in heaven going, shoot. Now, hey, you know, we need to really give them a day off. They need, they don't need us. They need rest, relaxation. You know, they need 75-degree weather by the pool. That's, that's what they need. No, honey, in the words of my eight-year-old girl, no, honey, that ain't what you need. What you need is to show up in the house of God and let God give you the thing you didn't even realize you needed for the week that you don't know that's coming your way. You don't know what Monday holds. You don't know what Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday holds. But you know who holds all those days? The King of Kings. And if you show up in his presence, he may give you what you need. He may show up and give you the thing you didn't even know was possible to get, even if. I've had a bad week. I need to make my way to church. <laughs> Even if it's been rough, I need to get, that's all the more reason. I got to find my place in the pew. I got to find my place at the altar. My kids have been hellacious this week. I need to pray for patience. My spouse has not done the right. I need to pray for the ability to love him in spite of itself. My job has been hard and I haven't been able to get the promotion. I still need to show up and be in his presence so that I can still work right and love right and lead right because even if it's been bad I need him all the more (laughs) ain't that good hey y'all can clap for that that's good even if it's been bad even if it's been wrong even if people made you upset even if they walked away even if they didn't tell everybody the truth even if everyone lied about you God's good they doesn't matter about humanity God's still good even even Can we just say even, just say even if. 
That was all right. Now, that, I didn't believe it. I ain't going to lie. The, the, the enemy right now was like, they didn't mean that. I'm good. When I get them outside, they're going to be all right. Can I hear you say, even if? Even. Here we go. That's good. I think the enemy got worried on that one. <laughs> I'm trying to hurry up, guys. I, I know it's 1119. <sighs> and we ain't even, I ain't even got to my points yet. Stan, you got to pray. Even if this pastor goes long-winded, I'm going to sit through it. <laughs> Amen, I felt that one. Amen. All right, verse 19, then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury and the expression of his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Let me tell you something. He put them over the provinces. He saw the value in them. He, he said, I'm going to make you rulers. But when they decided to stand for the Lord, his face changed against them. How many knows if you'll start standing up for the Lord, there's some people in your life whose faces are going to change towards you. Come on, somebody. When you start standing for what's right, there's going to be some faces that once smiled your way that's going to be looking at you like you a fool. There's those people who said all those good things about you, they're going to be saying some bad things about you. But let me tell you something. Even if they say those things, stand firm on the truth because that is what will bring you through. He said his face changed towards the men. <laughs> and he ordered a furnace heated seven times hotter more than it was usually. And the Lord told me to tell somebody, you've been standing strong. You've been saying no. You've been walking away and you've been doing good. Let me tell you something. And it's not a good message, and I, but it's a, it's a, it, it, it is a, uh, a warning. It's going to get hotter. Huh? When you, when you say yes to the Lord and no to the enemy, the enemy doesn't go, all right, that's it. They got me. No, 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 no. No, he falls back, and he regathers his strength, and then he grabs a few more things. And he's like, all right, if that one thing didn't work, I'm coming at you with 10. And if that 10 don't work, I'm coming at you with 20. But here's the thing he doesn't realize, that every time you walk away and that one falls, those 10 fall, those 20 fall, you get strong enough to keep going through the next tack that he comes. If you just keep going, if you just keep saying no, every time you'll build your strength and your faith. I gotta be careful. I'm gonna get ahead of myself, which that's probably fine. I probably need to be jumping to the end. Anyways, how many how many is with me right now? Can you can you give me just a few more minutes and, and I'm I'm gonna hurry up. Joshua, won't you come? Because when you play, I I speed I, I get going. Amen. Like we it'll help me. Amen. And he ordered, listen to this. And he ordered the furnace heated up seven times hotter more than it usually is heated. And he ordered some of the mighty men. So let's make it hotter and let's get our strongest men to go and get them and bind them. We want to make sure they can't move, and we want to make sure when they go in, it kills them. And to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. And these men were, these men were bound in their cloaks, their tunics, their hats, and other garments, and they were thrown into the burning, fiery furnace because the king's order was urgent, and the furnace overheated. The flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I love stopping here, and you've heard it before, and I'll say it every day of my life, that the Bible says that which the enemy meant for your harm, he will turn it for your good, and he will not allow anything to overtake you that you're not able to bear but with that same temptation make a way of escape it's not about getting out of the fire it's about going through the fire because what you go through with the Holy Ghost protecting you 
will destroy those who are trying to put you in there. That's some good news, ain't it? Okay, okay, I'm going to keep going. I can stay there for just a few moments, but staying, I won't. I'll, I'll keep going. And because the king's order was urgent and the furnace was overheated, the flame of the fire killed those men who took them up. Verse 23. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the burning fiery furnace. Then the king Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up. And I began to wonder, can y'all, can y'all picture with me? As he's standing up over this thing, and he looks at the two mighty men. He says, throw them in. And as they get close enough to toss them in, the, the, the king is up on his perch and he watches as the flames of the fire kill two of his mighty men. Two of his men are dead. And they go into the fire. So you need to understand, this wasn't an oven. This was just a big pit that they had built a fire in to hold the heat of the flame. And to warm it up hotter, they just kept throwing things in there to make it bigger and hotter. And so the men went to the edge of the pit and threw them in. Here's the thing, somebody, I need you to know this. Some of y'all are right now in a season where you feel like you're just getting closer to the pit. Like things are getting hotter. And maybe you ain't, maybe, maybe you ain't been in there yet, but it's, it's getting there. Right? And he throws them into the pit and the two men die and the king is sitting there. And I wonder how long he sat there. Right? I wonder how long he sat up there and just watched the fire. Before finally he was like, what? What? What in the Hey! Hey, come here! Did, didn't we? Did, I, I may be wrong. I may be wrong. But didn't we throw three men in the fire bound? Like our mighty men bound them up, threw them in there, right? There was three, right? Can I, is that right? That's right, okay. Then why in the world, why in the world am I seeing four men loose, walking around in the flames, just hanging out in there, just chilling out like, they, like this is their vacation home or something. They just walk around high-fiving each other, hugging each other. Could you imagine if you were the three Hebrew boys and the mighty men threw you in the fire? And you just in the fire looking at each other. Oh, come on. This is just, I mean, please picture this with me. Like you just in the flames looking at it. Like, hey, man, you good? Yeah, I'm good. You good? Yeah, honestly, yeah, it's crazy. What's going on here? And then you just look around the flame and you're like, hey, um, uh, Shaddy, uh, yeah, that's my boy. That's my boy. Yeah, that's what I call him. Right? Shaddy, you, you, uh, you, 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 who is that guy? Hey, uh, hey, hey, um, I don't, I don't, I don't, I never seen him. Do you know who that is? Uh, no, but he's in here chilling with us, and I don't think they threw anybody else in here. So maybe he just came down, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, here comes this man walking towards those three boys. He's like, hey, guys. Everything's going to be all right. <laughs> you see, you see, they don't realize I'm in here with you right now. And if I'm with you, everything's going to be fine. You ain't even hot, are you? No, well, no, honestly, uh, man, we ain't even sweating. I know. Because what I give you is the ability to walk through the fire 
and not only not be burned, but not even sweat it. You see, the enemy has you sweating a bunch of stuff. The enemy has you looking around your life just sweating everything. Man, I don't know how this is going to work out, man. I don't know what to do with this thing, man. I just can't seem to fix it. I can't seem to get it. And the whole time you're just sweating, and you're like that meme or that gif of that little dog sitting in a room going, it's fine, everything's fine, everything's okay, and the whole house is burning behind you. And you're just like, everything's cool, I'm all right. And all the while you're really just sitting there sweating it out like, I don't know what to do. There is another in the fire standing next to me. Oh, how'd you get here? I know how I got here. I made some dumb decisions, man. I know how I got here, God. I made some real dumb decisions, and I'm in this fire. And he's like, look, that's all right. I didn't make no dumb decisions, but I'm here to let you know I love you regardless of them dumb decisions you just made. I'm going to be in here with you. He said, did we not throw three in there? Why is there four just chilling? Just chilling. And the Bible says, like, well, we can, you can read it. I'm not going to tell you like it's a story. King come running down off his perch. Hey, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come on out. Wait a minute. You the one who threw them in there. You did not want them out. You didn't want them to come out. There's going to be people in your life who don't want you coming out the fire. They happy when they see you in there. They ain't going to be the one shout. But hey, the king, because of what God, but see, here's the thing. If you let God walk you through the fire, that's right, I get, I get excited. I'm going to walk fast, right? Maybe it'll speed me up, right? You know, you know, like when you go through the fire and the Lord's walking with you and people see you, you ain't getting mad. You ain't letting frustration and bitterness take root. You ain't letting everybody get to you. You ain't responding out of anger and hostility. You ain't getting frustrated. Like none of that's happening. Like what in the world? They're going to be like, all right, something different. Come here. Tell me what's going on in your life. Come out of that. And I need you to tell me how I can walk through the fire and I'll be okay. I need you to tell me. That's what the king was saying. King said, man, my two mightiest men didn't even get in the fire and they got killed. You three got thrown in the fire and y'all just chilling like it's a 90, 80, 75 degrees and sunny at the beach. How does that happen? Hey, I tell you how it happens. I got this dude with me. You see this dude? He got me. Bible says he will uphold you with his right hand. Bible says that he will protect you. Bible says that he ain't going to let anything happen to you because he's got you in the palm of his hand. That's the God you serve. That's why, that's why these three boys was able to say, hey, I ain't even got to be careful. I ain't worried about that. Throw all you got at me. But even if, even if, even if, I'm going to finish up. So the story ends and the king comes out and he says, look, I'm going to do this thing. Um, this, these three, their God, he's the God. He's the God of heaven and earth. Right, this dude who was in the fire with him, he's the real deal. And in fact, it's so real. Anybody in this kingdom, and let me tell you, this was a vicious, wicked, evil kingdom of Babylon. Like it goes down in history as one of the worst places in history to ever live. It was bad. But this king says, you know what? After what I've seen, anybody who dares to speak against this king, this king, this God, this guy will be torn limb from limb and killed. Wait a second. Wait a second. You, you just threw men in the fire because they wouldn't bow to your thing. Now you're saying if they talk bad about the God who they were standing up for, you're going to kill them. And it's maybe sometimes you going through the flame is so that others can see it and change their mind about your God, not you. 
See, some of y'all come out the fire thinking, man, people going to see me different. Now, you better be praying that they see your God different because you had nothing to do with the fact that you made it through that fire. No, nothing to do with it. And I'm going to finish right here. I got three points if you want to write these down. No, this isn't going to take long. But three ways that we can go from only if to even if. Go ahead, Caleb. Keep, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going one more. How do we move from only if to even if? First point is this. Who we walk with. Do you realize that in every passage of Scripture, which is 17 passages of Scripture, that all three of these boys are named? Never once was just one of them named because they were a crew, right? They were a crew. They were a group of people who just, they were like, you see him, you see me. I got this guy. This is, look, he go in the fire, I'm going in the fire with him. Let me ask you a question. Who's in your crew? Who's willing to go through the fire with you? You got anybody in your life that's willing to go through the fire? Do you got people who's pretty cool when everything's all right? But then when things get hot, they're like, hey. You know what I mean? Who's going to go through the fire with you? We probably got a bunch of people who will stand around the pit going, hey, is it hot in there? How y'all doing? You know what we need? We need some people who jump in the flame with you. We need some people who get in the flame. Husband and wife, you better be going through the flames together. Don't you dare let your spouse walk through the fire alone. Oh, but I'm just letting God do it with him. I'm letting the Lord handle him. No, you get your hind in right there with him. Right there with her. And you jump in the flame and you say, hey, honey, you go in there. I'm going in with you. Find somebody who will go through the flames with you. So who you walk with matters. And here's the thing, right? Do you realize that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was not their real name? They were Babylonian names. And in fact, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were just another words for how to worship false gods. So all these three men who Babylon called them a name that went around and came to the point to where it said they're going to worship this false god, they didn't know their real name. See, Babylon didn't know their real name. You need some folks who will know your real name. You need some folks who will know who you really are. Not who the world says you are. Not who you try to make the world think you are. But you need those people who will know the real Amber. You know, who, who know you real and know how to help you. Know how to get in there with you. Find somebody who can walk with you close enough that they know your real name. Because it was that name, Azariah. Mishael. Mishael. Like, like that's, that's a total different sound. Right? That's a, that's, mm, that that gives you some godly juice to you. So, so you got Shadrach, who was Hananiah. Meshach, who was Mishael. And Abednego, who was Azariah. When they got home, they didn't call each other by their Babylonian names. Because they knew who they really were. I'm so glad I got a wife at home who knows who I really am. Y'all call me pastor. She calls me husband. She knows me. Y'all call me leader. My kids call me daddy. Y'all call me preacher. God calls me son. You see, y'all need, need to know my real name. Y'all need to know who I really am. 
Y'all need, y'all, y'all need to quit calling me this guy. Like, I, I'm honored by the platform and the position God gave me. But if you think that's who I am, you don't know the real me. You don't know the real me because the real me needs some people who get in the fire with him. The real me ain't going to be able to do it alone. The real me can't just do it by myself. The real me needs some people who will know that I'm Danny and yet he ain't perfect. But I will get, he's somebody I'll get in the fire with. I'll walk through it with him. I'll get in there with him because I know who he really is. I need to you know who they really are. And secondly, right, we need some people who know our real name. So we need to know who we walk with. We need to know where we take a stand. Right, because it was easy, not easy, but they had practiced taking stands. If you go back to chapter one, when they've been brought into captivity, into Babylonian captivity, there was this thing that went around where they brought all the men and they said, hey, we're going to do it this way. We're going to feed you this food, our food, and we're going to pick among you who's the best. And they said, these three boys and Daniel said, we don't want to eat your food. God, our God says, don't do that. So we're going to ask you if we could just not do that. And the guy says, no, he'll kill me. If you come before him and you don't look as strong as everybody else and he finds out that I let you do what you wanted to do, he's going to kill me. And they said, look, this is so good. They said, all right, how about we do this? Let us eat our food. But if we don't match up to the other people in 10 days, you can do with us what you want. But if our way doesn't help us, you can do with us what you want. The Bible says after 10 days, they come around and they were stronger. They were healthier. They were wiser than all the Babylonian men. How many knows that God can give you the ability to thrive in a world that is anti what you're believing? Some of y'all got this attitude, I just need to survive until the end. No, God says, I have the ability to give you favor because favor is not based on where you are, but who you are. So they had already taken a stand in private and it helped them take a stand in public. How many of y'all are taking private stands in your life? Things, times that nobody sees. You know, you don't have those people watching to hold you accountable, but you're just like, I can't do that. I want to make this private stand. So we need to look at where we stand. And then the last one. Keep going. Next one. Next one. Keep going. Keep going. You see, they had to keep walking in the flames. You look at the thing. The Bible says that they were unbound and just walking in the fire. And then when it came time, they had to walk out the flame. Had to keep going even through the fire. You know what I think is so cool? And I promise I'm about done. This story happened about a hundred years after the prophet Isaiah lived. About a about hundred years. And if you go to Isaiah chapter 43, you'll find these words. You will walk through the fire and you will not be burned. You will walk through the waters and you will not be overwhelmed. Do you not think that these three Hebrew boys had heard that message before from their mom and dad saying, hey, I remember when the prophet Isaiah was here. Your grandmother told me how that he preached to the nation that your God will keep you through the fire. Right? Right? Because he never promised that the cross would not get heavy. And the heel would not be hard to climb. 
He never offered our victories without fighting, but He said help would always come in time. Listen, so just remember when you're standing in the valley of decisions and the adversary says give in just hold on listen as our lord will show up and he will take you through the fire again you see he didn't promise that you wouldn't have to walk through the fire sister ruth but he did say I'll show up. I will show up. You see that these boys said, not only is he able, but their next words were so, and he will deliver us out of your hand today. I'm going to tell y'all right now that your God is here to take you through your fire. But even if, even if, even if he doesn't come when you think he should. Even if he doesn't show up on your time schedule. We're still going to keep going. Even if they throw us in the fire. We're going to move on through. How many can move with me from only if to even if this morning? Band, if you would come back. We're going to finish with this song. Because what made the Hebrew boys so special is in the middle of a world where everybody fell, there was a clarion call that went forth and said, who will stand?